Rip City Goons podcast number 16, live Twitch stream number dos, numero dos. I'm DJ Nick at Night, a.k.a. Kenosis. This is Tay Guevara to my left, and uh, welcome everybody. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, just, you know, hanging out. Uh, I got done with my stream about an hour ago, and then, you know, we've been show prepping and figuring out how to get the second stream going. Uh, got yeah. some content pump, pumping like 24-7 almost on Saturdays. That's what we try to do. Try to keep it live. Man, uh, so WrestleMania yeah. weekend, we just came off of WrestleMania, right? So this was yep. this is our episode that we're going to elaborate a little because we didn't give too much away on episode 15 about it because it was stuff that we wanted to obviously be able to discuss the outcomes yeah, well, that's the thing is we recorded it, what, Saturday, two weeks ago? So we were recording as day one was happening. As it was wrapping up. Yeah, we got the first little Still. info from it. And then, so mm-hmm. now we got the results. And Kevin Owen and Stone Cold Steve Austin went at it. Stone Cold uh, got the W. Stone Cold Which makes over. sense. Uh, although, you do have to wonder, like, it's a, so... Of course he wins, but does it? Does that hurt Kevin at all, or does it just like he got the spot he got to wrestle Steve? Doesn't hurt him in the slightest. Not no. even in the slightest. No, I don't think so. I mean, because everybody. Well, because you always hear that. So go ahead. Everybody's dream when you're a kid, you know, would be to, to be a pro wrestler. Your pro wrestler dream would be to to work with Rock or Stone Cold or see. And if you took it serious enough, that that it became a profession. And you went to school for it, basically, and you worked your way up the ranks. And then all of a sudden, then you meet these people, and they're your mentors and your coaches. And then you get the opportunity after that to basically, you know, put the great, arguably the greatest of all time, over in a WrestleMania, right? How cool yeah. is that? That's. I mean, it's really cool. But at the same time, like, wouldn't it have been even cooler if he had let Owens? Stun him and take the win. I well, get like it's. I get it's cool that he took the pin at Mania against Austin, but I mean, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like it's both. It, it either way works fine. But I think if you're giving that guy, you you're giving that guy a rub. If you're like I'm Stone Cold, and I'm gonna let him take the win, get a win at Mania over me. True. It doesn't hurt him. It doesn't help him. I, I mean, I think it, it, ultimately it helps his stock, um, and it's a bucket list item. Uh, but there are certain people like that wouldn't come back, like that wouldn't come back like that. You know, like The Rock is going to win if he comes back. He's going to make sure he's in a feud he can win. Um, and and you know, Ric Flair, people like that, they're gonna they're gonna come back and they're gonna make sure that they get their win. Um, yeah. So it is. You know, you're paying. You're you're paying deference to the legend in the room which is fair uh it was also a really fun match um just on its own stone cold can still go kinda you know he's not he's not stone cold from 20 years ago but he can still go a little bit it was fun i mean uh, what what it was a what good go ahead. from the guy well, it was a get in and get out match and he's has a broken back a broken neck and two blown out knees so he did exactly what I would have imagined he should do, and it was a fun match. It was exactly what it should have been. Yeah. 
right? We're not looking for for some crazy match. Now, what we were looking for was a crazy match between Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins as he returns um, with Adrenaline or Nightmare, his uh, his AEW theme song, uh, and his AEW like persona. Like they didn't change it. He's just like I'm back. I'm me. And that's kind of crazy because uh, Vince doesn't really like that. You, I would have imagined smoke and mirrors. Like he would have made him come out to his old Cody theme, uh, where you know wearing a suit or something, and not the big you know American Nightmare shit. Cody has. So what we have right right now, we have Kevin Owens putting him over WrestleMania, putting Stone Cold over. But Stone Cold really kind of putting Kevin Owens over. You have Cody Rhodes coming back. Seth Rollins, he did. I was reading things on the internet that were saying that Vince was totally going to screw him and he's going to work with Shane O'Mac or do some like stupid shtick. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. what Vince is going to do. It's going to be petty and it's going to be stupid. And Cody's going to deal with it and get paid. And all the guys are going to talk shit in AEW about it. But Rollins, that's great. And I've seen the banter with Cody. And the Miz, mm-hmm. which is a great feud, those two is perfect. That's a perfect blend yeah. right there of uh, uh, about worthy adversaries, man. That's a to me, that's a worthy, easily intercontinental feud. But coming in with Seth Rollins, that's a world championship style of feud. Even though Seth mm-hmm. probably won't touch the belt for a while, you know. Seth doesn't need the title his gimmick right now is so stupid but like in the best way that like he kind of is doing almost a, like just a like a baby Ric Flair nature boy thing where he's like the drip lord and he's wearing he's got like those goofy suits and he just kind of walks out and does all this wacky bullshit <laughs> um, that there's, so here's the thing about wrestling that I think goes over non-wrestling you know wrestling fans' head is the title isn't always the most important thing in the in the show. It's some, Look it, at it, Scott Hall's career. He never really walked around with the world title. He, was, he never wasn't in a position. He didn't win it, ever. He, he never won the world title. And he didn't need to to be a Hall of right. Fame, someone that we all hold dear Love. in the wrestling mm-hmm. community. It... People do get wrapped up in the belt. Wrestlers get wrapped up in the belt. Bret Hart got wrapped up in the belt. CM Punk got wrapped up in the belt. Uh, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, Triple H got wrapped up in the belt. Every people get usually the guy who gets wrapped up in the belt is the guy with the belt, right? Yeah. Well, Roman that's Reigns, just also some people that cares if he has it or not. I, I think really it's really important for Roman Reigns to have it right now. I think that it's really important for for that character. That character build right now, because right now, I don't know, like, so we're going to get into it later, uh, probably when we talk about the Usos and, and the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match. Um, but I think it's, I don't know, I think Roman and the Usos and the, the bloodline, like that, that group, it's really important that they're holding the titles because it legitimizes them in a way that Roman has never been legitimate up until this current iteration, ever. Nobody liked him, nobody wanted him, and then all of a sudden, he hits, he hits hard, and that heel character with the acknowledge me, the Afa and Sika of it all, and then, you know, I guess the build is to The Rock next year. 
So we're going to be doing Roman Reigns. The Rock's doing XFL chip. shit now. The Rock right. is today. They had a big thing with the XFL actually uh, that just happened, and uh, they 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 actually are working with the NFL, right? Some one as an mm. association of the NFL. So it's like a as like a G League kind of. Uh, or like, I don't. No. Well, I mean, it makes sense if that was the case. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. know one that the XFL got hit with a lawsuit for the logo. Oh. Right? They got oh, hit for that X? Yeah, they got hit with a lawsuit, mm-hmm. so there's some bureaucratic red tape. And then mm-hmm. also that there's good news that <clears throat> because I think The Rock loves football probably, you know, the same way that maybe I love basketball or something, right? Like, uh, is, is basketball is always the sport you wanted to play and be a professional yes. at, but you were never going to be. Yes, and I think yeah. that you were too short. For the rock, I was too short. Yeah, well, not only too short, but not not, not nearly enough. athletic enough, not nearly skilled enough. Because I'm the only player I think about it. Five ten, Nate Robinson, but Nate Robinson is an athletic. Way more athletic. He, it's unreal Way how high that guy athletic. can jump and how yeah. fast and strong he is. Yeah, he's five ten. But he is a completely different type of five ten than what I than well, what like, I Isaiah is. Thomas is the same way. Yeah, now, the, I, not, yeah. I just think that his childhood passion for football is really it's always been there, and it didn't pan out for him the way that you a traditional uh, situation might pan out. But this might be a way that he is engaged with football, you know, and maybe connects players and starts a whole new thing of a kind of in between college and pro. You know, semi-pro, but better, bigger than arena kind of mm-hmm. type of deal. So, yeah. you know that because there's a, there's a lot of players in college and maybe need an extra two year to develop or sat behind somebody for too long or, you know, or just playing give up when they graduate. They just say, yeah, I played in college. I'm done. I'm not trying to go any farther. Well, I mean, you if know. you really think about it, there's only so many jobs. I mean, what is it? It's like it's 52 players by 32 teams total yeah and then like specialized within that where like there's only 32 starting quarterback jobs in the nfl total right there's only 32 backup quarterback jobs total in the world like so yeah I, i don't i don't have a problem with it uh i don't they also, I mean, I guess the USFL is happening again. I saw that. And then also this fan-controlled football league that, like, T.O. and Johnny Manziel are in that I'm, like, not wanting to be a part of. Like, You're going to have the trollers. You're going to have, but I I think the fact that just knowing what we know about The Rock, even mm-hmm. he's even tried to incorporate football in his own private Hollywood stuff, the HBO Baller series and all that. He loves mm-hmm. football. He was at the Super Bowl. He loves football. You know, he really mm-hmm. does. And I think that this is an opportunity because Vince McMahon is a media mogul. Media mogul. He's very theatrical, mm-hmm. very creative. Um, but he's not an athlete. He never was an athlete. No, he doesn't well, pretend to be an athlete. If you look well, at the stunner that, that he took from Vince, oh, God. it was the ugliest, most unathletic. I mean, even Triple H gives him you know, a hard time about his lack of athletes. He's like, he's strong. He has mm-hmm. big muscles, and he's a strong guy for his age. He has no athleticism. I've never seen someone with that little of athleticism. And Shane O'Mac actually has some athleticism. Like He can move around a little bit on his can get light yeah. on his feet. He can climb shit and jump off, but Vince, like I saw that stunner, I was like, "What was that?" 
Yeah. Did you forget well, to move your entire half of body? This part, like your legs was straight? What kind of sell was that? The problem is that Vince has never been able to sell. Ever. He, I mean, in the yeah. 90s, we watched that guy flop oh. like a fish. Remember the best one before this was the he stunned him and he just fell forward on the honestly Steve. Like there he, Vince was always the worst stunner sell unless you hate like the oversells. The um, Yeah, cuz well the wrestlers kind of went opposite um, with it, right? They they would do too much spring. Halls, spring is so but good. It was, that's it was one of the best ones. Like Vince got stuck in between the spring sell and a forward fall. And just like, flopped. Oh, he even like his head wasn't in the right place. It was bad. None of it went. None of it was right. It was the worst. I don't think he ever sold. I think he might have done that on purpose because he's never sold a good stunner ever. I don't think he did. I think he got all fucking weirded. I think honestly, he was blown out from the match that he had just had. Yeah, Uh, uh, and he was. He had just like. Fake drank a beer, probably lightheaded, and then was like, "What was I doing?" and just forgot. <laughs> Fine. I mean, he's like seventy, dude. Like, yeah. The thing is, it's like it's cute at this point. That's the 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 deal. Is like Vince being bad at selling the stunner I'm is adorable it. now. I'm, I it was one of my favorite highlights from that whole. What show. I will say though is is Pat McAfee is too good at wrestling, and I don't fucking like it. Like, you are a punter. And now you're like a multimillionaire when it comes to like your multimedia network, and and also you're good at being a wrestler. Like fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I like I like. uh, I didn't really. He's got so much swag, dude. That that guy. I'd seen a lot of that dude on the internet. Just didn't know who he was. Didn't know what I was like. I keep seeing this guy. His content's good. He's funny. He's got good good. Good stuff, but I don't know who he is. I just know I know he's a media personality of some kind. Then I found out day by day, you know, night by night, he does all this stuff, and it's like that's really impressive. Yeah, we were talking we about last together. week one trick ponies. You know, one I got one hat. That he's mm-hmm. not like that. That's the real key to major success is wearing a lot of different hats. Well, not the best mm-hmm. in any of the hat. But just wearing a lot of different hats well. Being good enough to do this or that or move forward. But oh, but also, so to piggyback off that real quick, because that match happened. Uh, did you see Austin Theory um, has, has hit the dreaded Vince McMahon refuses to have two names situation? No. He's just Theory now. Just dropped Austin. Doesn't have a first name. Just Theory. It's such a that's such a weird thing that he is so it's so important to him that nobody has two names. And if they do, they're not they're so not real that it's like obviously gimmicked. Like Isaac Yankum. Right? <laughs> that D the fucking you know what I mean? Like it's so gimmick like the names have to be so like because remember there was Aaron Neville, he's now Pack. In AEW, but he was Aaron Neville in NXT. Comes to the main roster, they're like, "No, you can't be." Or Adrian, it was Adrian Neville. He's like, "No, no first name. You're just Neville." I don't understand why you hate first fucking names so much. Like Austin Theory, now he's just Theory. 
like and pretty soon like pretty soon Roman Reigns is just going to come out and be Reigns or Roman I guess <laughs> it's just but be it's just like <laughs> just <laughs> the it's just so weird that, just get rid like, of all the syllables get rid of all the syllables I can't handle they're the also syllables. So going forward too, like we're going to kind of jump around when it comes to wrestling because you know we're two weeks behind. There's on a lot going on. Mania, and there's a lot going on. Uh, there was news today. Did you read this? That um, Vince has decreed that nobody coming from the Indies uh, will have the same gimmick or name that they had in the Indies coming into NXT, and then he's going to change their name again coming from NXT into the main roster. There will and no more real names at all. So John Cena, like no more of those. No more like your my real name is, and then Umaga. Well, Umaga is not his real name, but you get what I mean. Like my name is One Man Gang. Remember that uh, guy, One Man yeah. Gang. That guy's the shit. Yeah, uh, but that but you, that's kind of that's a weird like decree. Like why don't you want? The so like this is this is what I, what comes to mind. AJ Styles, you don't want his cachet from TNA, from Impact, from Ring of Honor, from Japan, from every. The, that's why people are tuning in to see AJ Styles because of all of his whole body of work. They're not tuning in to see just his, this new a, new WWE guy. Like I, the installation. Uh, of of Vince and WWE is a little weird at this point because of the internet, right? It wasn't weird when it was just the way it was, but now that like the internet's here, we all know that Samoa Joe was in Ring of Honor. We all know that Adam Cole has been in Ring of Honor, and then he went to Japan, and then when he left Japan, you know what I mean? Like not all of it, not everybody knows that, but. A simple Google search of Adam Cole will bring up his entire history. Yeah. And so, I don't know. That's how... Okay, so Kenny Omega and AJ Styles were probably the two first names that I had heard when I had started getting interested back in wrestling again and decided Mm -hmm. that I was going to check some stuff out. And that's when, yeah, with the internet being accessible, that's when you can go and check that out for yourself. And see if you like it. I saw it. I liked it. Follow. Follow on social media. Da-da-da. Here we are in AEW. Right? You know, with with these Mm -hmm. guys. Um, Yes, they're independent work. But the problem is Vince has had problem with guys in the past and the rights to their names and the rights to their work and litigation and lawsuits about basically wrestlers wanting to take their image and sell it privately and just go do their own thing. When he's like, well, we made that image in creative. Then he had another problem. Guys came in with images already. And he said, okay, fine. You can have it. Well, then there's more lawsuits and litigation because guys like CM Punk or, you know, whatever. They become a commodity. It's a product. It's a a neoliberal kind of view of uh, the athlete right mm-hmm. you are you but you're still you whether you're dead in japan mexico on tv off tv but you're a byproduct of my corporation if mm-hmm. you're independent then i then my, my my corporation is dependent on the independence of you right. not being there and being able to to go out for yourself other than signing cards at the new jersey uh you know arena you know meet and greet stuff like that we're talking about merch we're talking about music 
we're talking about creative, right? Right. Um, usually, guys run into problems when when they do when they're when they're young. They still have talent, and they can still work. And they they they're problems signing with other com- com- competitions. They don't want to build a guy and then have him leave and have the whole thing that they built leave. Even though some of their gimmicks are, hey, I'm the trash man. This is my job. Well, I show you know, up here's the trash thing. everywhere. You what know? are you taking away? Like, what are you gaining by taking away the American Dragon from Brian Danielson and making him Daniel Bryan? Right? Like, what are you really gaining? You're gaining now I own Daniel Bryan. But Brian Danielson, everybody fucking knows who he is. And when he leaves, they're following him. Right? They're going to. I just think the installation of WWE is old hat and it's kind of, or old head and it's kind of not necessary anymore. Um, because I think, I think it honestly, it hurts WWE in the long run because you see all these other companies playing together really well. Like when you see the good brothers from TNA show up in AEW with Kenny and with uh, and with uh, the Bucks, and they're like, "We're all we all are friends. We used to work together at this other place, and we're part of Bullet Club, right? Like we were a part of that. And now AEW gets to like tell some of that story. They get to be a part of this larger narrative from across the ocean. And I think that's that's cool." And maybe that's just me and, and, you know, my, like, not thinking about the fact that I'm a multi... They are a multinational, publicly traded fucking corporation, so they have to think about that ahead of everything else, probably. Yeah. And I don't. I'm just a fan. Right, right. We want to enjoy it all for everything that it's worth, but I I, I think I'm just trying to kind of maybe elaborate on a few instances that I know of people with problems with what happened afterwards. You know, when you have a sour ending with a guy like Batista or the Ultimate Warrior, or you have a holdout like Sting, or you have, you know, we're talking about a lot of merch and a lot of money, and, you know, un- unfortunately, you know, you're as a combat athlete, or not combat athlete, but a combat sports entertainer, as they would call them these days, you are a bit of a commodity. There are a few guys, just like in the NFL or whatever, that really make a lasting impact there's a they got a flooded roster of uber talented human beings there just mm-hmm. some of the most amazing athletic specimens on the planet that can do some of the most gymnastic and circus oriented stunts live multiple you know it's it's incredible to watch what they do and then mm-hmm. to also have to have the dialogue behind it which is a hard thing to do because typically you know uh, God will give you one or two gifts, right? Right. You might get the athletics, but not the brain. You might get the brain and not the athletics. You know what I mean? And so a lot of those guys that are at the top of their game have like these superb creative outlooks. They really want to be a part of their character. They're creative, their narrative. Uh, but then there's the corporation that's like, yeah, but we got writers and designers and filmmakers. And the way this whole thing works, the way you're immortalized is by our blueprint. And our ability to generate capital and to resell you when you're old, you know, like, but we have to, you know, we have to hold our convictions, basically. Right. But I kind of disagree on the face of that, because the most famous people in this business, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, uh, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold. Do you really think those guys were given fucking note cards? 
read this? No, there's no fucking way Stone like Steve Williams or whatever the fuck that guy's real name is. That dude's not walking out there. With, it's improv. Like, a lot of that is it's, most of that is that improv. Is where, all of it is I need you to sell this pay-per-view and this match. Go do it. Right. That was what it was then. And that's when you got those really cool organic like the pipe bomb from CM Punk like the the get that piece the, of trash out of my ring. I got that. I'm gonna get that as so called King of the Ring, Jake yeah. the Snake. Get that piece of trash out of my ring. Shit like that comes from people. It doesn't come from. Well, here it comes. Stone Cold had to ask for the mic time for that. He had to say, "Look, mm-hmm. I'm the ringmaster. If you, give me, please, give me the opportunity because time is money. Television and way things were structured back then with pay per view capital. You know, there was a big. Mm-hmm. It, it was hard, right? Like you only had so much time for everybody." So to get that opportunity to, to get over to where when you come in Monday to work, you got two or three fans that all caught something and now they're they wrote it on a sign, you know? It's it's something's catching wind. But I but Vince gave yeah. him the ability to take the mic and do that because right. the ringmaster didn't talk. He was yeah. he was silent, you know? Yeah. He even I believe the ringmaster even in, in, in originally had a manager. You know, Stone Cold, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, microphone, you know, crowd generating, pop point. Like, how many catchphrases did that guy come up with that are still being said 30 years later? People are still wanting wrestling. People still what? We still what? Everybody still what? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was so long ago. So Mm -hmm. he wasn't allowed to talk. He had to get the time from Vince to be able to talk. So the time, you know, on a television schedule, radio schedule, any any production, Twitch stream, you know, mm-hmm. time is very valuable where, where you put that time. So, and then some guys get it and they, they flop. They got no, yeah. what about the Shockmaster? Okay. That's the best of it to you. <laughs> watch that video. I fucking, dude, I am not kidding you when I tell you I watch that video four times a month. He's, he was like, dead in the water the, before he even got a microphone. <laughs> Dude, and also Sid Justice, like <laughs> who became Sid Vicious, I think, right? The same, yeah, it's the same power bomb, dude. He fucking was Sid. He just looked at this on Nothing was happening. There's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's the worst. Anyway, on the uh, yeah, he was so bad. I remember Goldberg there's is that bad on the mic. You know, when a Goldberg yeah, talks, I'm like, oh god, just take that mic from him. Does he need it? Yeah, there are you certain people like Brock is not spear. great on the mic either. Yeah, Brock. Brock isn't great on the. Oh no, no. Brock. But it's, yeah. Lesnar, he's fine, yeah. but he's not. He's Does not he great. need to be? That's what I'm saying. Like, no, you, that's why you have Paul Heyman. Typically, guys get one of two skills. Typically, mm-hmm. you don't get both. That's when you get the, uh, uh, you know. These kind mm-hmm. of phenomena athletes yeah. or, or characters. That's what they are. Phenomena. It's not mm-hmm. usual or typical or common. You might meet people that have like 50% of the traits, but not 100. You know, they're just not. Well, then there's the people who just know the business, right? Like there's Cody, who's who's good on the mic and be, has become since leaving WWE and going on the journey through the end of, through Ring of Honor and through AEW and Japan and has come back has become a pretty great in-ring wrestler and a great talker. He uh, has it, surpassed it, he has Mike skills closer to Dusty than 
Dustin. Yeah. I think his where his position is now in WWE is closer to the World Heavyweight title than Dustin ever really got. Dustin was well, a intercontinental is, stop is look guy. Look at the difference. Vince Carter. So two weeks ago, we were on these exact mics talking about Cody and saying he's a mid-carter. It's the best he's ever going to be. He's fine. He's he's It's a good little spot for him. Then we watch the Sammy Guevara match. I, I watched that again. I was like, holy shit. And then he hits, uh, he hits WrestleMania and comes out on Raw the next day. And, like, I believe that he... I don't think he can win that title, but I think... He, I believe him. I believe it. I believe I don't believe him. I believe Cody believes in himself now, and he's done it so... He believes in himself so much that I am starting to believe that maybe he could hold the belt for a little bit. Yeah, you I just don't know. think... It, I don't see him taking off Roman. That's the thing, is, like, they've kind of... Roman can WWE get hurt, has, You never know. Yeah, but, Guys, but they put themselves... So did you see, did the, you see photo the photo of his of his arm? Shoulder, or his arm. Shoulder? Yeah, it was, it was jacked yeah. up. Yeah, I think he's. You know, we'll see. It was jacked. But, I don't I, care. I saw that and I was like, he's injured. That's an injury. He he. He's holding one. both the titles up. Yeah, well, think about the adrenaline of how many people were in attendance. Yeah. A I lot. mean, a lot. And you're talking about both the straps, the unification. That's a big match. I don't care who that's you are. The, that's the Uwu Championship. Yeah, that's, I got the Uwu Championship right back there. How suiting. Yeah. What a, How what a, suiting with the strap. That's not as... He left that behind, didn't he? Anyway. I think it'll be... I don't... I like. Look, Cody's... Cody's. I, I believe Can him challenging. Can we have Cody versus Randy Orton? Yeah, I like that. I'd like to do that. They did that. Uh, that it's there's actually arc. an interview. There's an interview uh, that you should watch um, where he's like, "So I got back here, and I guess Randy's like a like a like a family man who doesn't get in trouble anymore, and I'm not okay <laughs> yeah. with that. Like that doesn't work for me. So yeah, I gotta find that. We're gonna and drop it in. <laughs> it was super funny. Uh, but the, I mean, they go back fucking years. They they've known each other forever. The story uh, so, was so, that, that Randy Orton said, looked at him dead in the face as he was passing a bathroom stall mm-hmm. and ripped a urinal off the wall in like Brazil or yeah. something. Yeah, looked him in the eyes coming out of a bathroom. He's glancing in the bathroom. This guy looked him in the eyes and ripped a urinal off the wall. <laughs> what do you even do with that kind of visual stimulus? What do you? Where do you go from there? You're new at a job. Some guy does that, and you're like, "What was that? Who is that guy? Did you? Yeah, a toy. We're in Brazil. We're in Brazil. I'd be like, the police are gonna come. I'm gonna end up mm-hmm. on some lifetime special because I end up in freaking <laughs> jail out here. And like, you know, like, oh my god. And this dude's just ripping urinals off the wall in South America. Yeah, uh, nuts. I. So- Wrestlers got some of the best backstories and best, uh, you know. Uh, I've gotten away with some shit over the years. They're like rock stars, but like, but, but like with people... less expectation. You're <laughs> no, right. More with, expectation like, than than rock stars, less than athletes. Right. It's like that, this weird yeah. party middle that they're not held accountable. Yeah. Really, like, and there's just, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's been exposed. You know what I mean? A right. lot, but a lot hasn't. Mm-hmm. I like Randy. Yes. I like. 
I'm just going to say this about Cody. I've said good things. I've said bad things. But I believe it now. I believe that you're there. And you're, I don't care even if you do win the strap. I would love to see Cody work some different arcs, different angles with guys like Randy Orton, The Miz. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I think I kind of want to see him wrestle new show. people, dude. Like, I, look, I love what he was doing. I like this kind of like coming back with Rollins and coming back and maybe he does the Miz and that's comfortable and then he hits like Randy because that's comfortable, right? But I want to see him like, I want to see him against Damian Priest. Like, I want to see him hit like the new young guys that they're bringing in, Braun Breaker. Like, Cody has to yeah, he can be the champion one day. I I would love I think that he has earned the belt once. Right? Just just but we'll see. I mean, 2 weeks ago I was on here saying he should never have it. It's <laughs> That's over. what I'm He's saying. Not as good. We're hard on that guy. We're yeah, hard on I think him. there's something you know why? I think it's because of Dusty and I feel horrible about it. We're mean to him because he is we're kind of mean to Cody. And it's because yeah, yes. It's because the his dad was harsh. his dad. It's, it's his dad was Dusty, and Dusty was the son of a plumber. He was one of the greatest talkers of all time. He was one of the you boys. Believed. He was the king of the boys. He was the king yep. of the locker room. And you know, I, he was the Undertaker so, before the Undertaker. You know what I mean? He was the well, he was the road yeah. dog. He was the road dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he was everybody's dad. Well, and also people spoke so highly of him on NXT and in developmental because he kind of worked in developmental forever after he retired from in-ring. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Seth Rollins speaks really highly of him. as the, Like, that's kind of the interesting thing about that, right, that match was Cody came back to, like, wrestle his adopted brother almost because Dusty and, and Seth were super close in NXT and forward. Um, and so Cody coming back and being like, I'm actually the son and you're like the adopted kid that like we, you know, it was a very interesting um, match to have him come back for and do um, something interesting that's happening is the Usos are have left SmackDown uh, to go unify the tag champ tag titles okay Bo- worldwide unification so new world that, order there's a new you know world who that order. puts them up against that puts them up against our favorite tag team rk bro because they're the tag champs on raw okay that's easy to dissolve uh randy but there's so Ra- much fun it's uh, did i did i not just see a video randy rko didn't he just Matt hit Riddle? With a, yeah, didn't he just hit Matt Riddle with an RKO? I saw a video. Might have. I saw. I mean, the Snake Man. He's the he's the Viper, dude. It's he yeah, can turn yeah. on anybody at any given moment, and that's just what it is. And it's no hard feelings. But the Viper stands alone. There's one Legend Killer. They're still going. He's the who else throws a diamond cutter anymore? It's DDP, Randy Orton. Okay, that's a pretty uh, uh, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's been doing it lately. It's been fun. Well, he's but, about to get a real one. Look. Yeah, well, no, I don't think he's going to get one. I think that, that, that tag team that tag team will just kind of, like, evaporate because that's what they do with tag teams in WWE. If there is a turn, I would be pretty excited about that. Um, but, there, I mean, 
obviously the Usos are gonna they're gonna win that match. They're gonna take the titles, and then we're gonna have unified titles again. And here's the thing: what do you do with it, the, what do you do with that? Here's what I think you do: really, you merge the brands again because they have been slowly but surely releasing talent. Uh, and so they don't have a big enough women's division to run two shows. They just don't. So just unify all the fucking belts. And honestly, you could unify the, you could take the women, the, so right now, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley are feuding with Naomi and Sasha Banks for the tag titles. And what I think you should do, really, this is like a story that I think would be kind of fun, is Liv Morgan and uh, Rhea Ripley take those belts. And then you put uh, you put Naomi in a feud to unify the women's championships and then you finally put Naomi with her husband. The one, I don't remember which Uso it is. It's either it's one of the two Usos, but they're married. Mm-hmm. So that's part of your bloodline and then you have all of the titles in one fucking group. Can't do it. Why? They've done it before. They did it with the fucking corporation. They did it with DX. They've done it a lot of times, dude. They've done that a hundred times. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Usos, Usos unifying titles. Not surprising. Not surprising. You know, just you know, to me, it's a little, it's a little bland. But I'm not a huge tag team guy either, right? Tag team. I like tag team wrestling, um, but I, you know, everybody knows singles is kind of the the chip, right? Uh, if you if you're a singles guy and you're successful, uh, that's kind of the mark. Well, some people think that, but then there's FTR and the Young Bucks and people who don't want to ever break up and just want to keep being tag teams. Like tag team wrestling is it's its own art, dude. I mean, that's kind of the thing that people forget is like there is it's its own it has its own cadence it feels different it's a different form of it's wrestling got a different and it's a pace fun. yeah it's more it's, it's fun it can't be, do you remember how great those triple threat fucking tlc matches were with the edge enc the dudleys and the yeah. hardys i have to retract like, my statement based on the hardys because that's some of the best <laughs> And, you know, and even, at, you know, because we I go back to Marty Jannetty and HBK, you know, and the Rockers. They were a great team before you know, they, and, uh, they I really, down, yeah. I really loved watching the Rockers. They were so fast and flying and just cool colors, and I just yeah. loved that as a kid. So, uh, you know, I retract my I, – I don't hate tag team wrestling. I just – them unifying the titles. Unifying the title with Brock and Roman was interesting because even though we all kind of knew Brock's probably ready for vacation and take a break, but it was interesting because either one of the, it could have went either way, hundred percent. Right. What's not interesting about this to me is that we know that Randy and that's that's not going till it's it's very short lived thing and it's been funny. So part of me's sad that it's you know going to come to an end basically over mm-hmm. that you know that's that's what's going to happen. And I don't know. I don't know that I see it, the the unifications working unilaterally across the board for everything. Not this, well, so here's my thing: is I would like to see because you got a lot of people out there that I don't that, think they have a big enough roster at this point of marquee names to have two separate brands. I really don't. 
I don't think they should. I don't think there's any reason to have two show, have one good show, one real good show. No, I'm saying they can have the two shows, but why separate it? The why titles? have SmackDown versus Raw? Like, why do that? That's it's a storyline thing. It just it allows. I get it, them but to... they do it every so many years, and they do it when they have a bloated fucking roster, and they have too many people, and they have don't have enough spots for everybody. Because like, so here's the thing: the the big reason to have a separated show like that is that you're always highlighting different people every other week, every week. So like, with the problem with AEW Dynamite and Rampage is it's just come back for Rampage. And CM Punk is going to come out on Rampage. He was here on Dynamite. You know, they're all. It's it's always the same, like fourteen people, as opposed to with these two shows where you have like many segments over over time. So why you saw I that? Get, why you said that? And then my head, I just started thinking of the Harlem Heat theme song for some reason. But da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> drop that right here because I I don't know why. Because I was thinking in the show, I was thinking about what was WCW's other show. Thunder? Yeah, but nobody cared. It was Thunder. Nobody right? watched. The, well, the thing was is that at a certain point, WWE had like nine shows. They had Sunday Night Heat. They had. <laughs> remember that? Remember yeah, that? that was good. Yeah, they had. It was Heat. always the they shittiest. <laughs> SmackDown. They had. They had main event for a while that took over for. Uh, they do. They they Heat. When re- well, when we were kids, I don't know if you recall this, but if you want to go back to the Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan era, you know, Saturday morning. They had a Saturday morning Saturday like, morning. during cartoons. There was during cartoons. During, like, the cartoons. There was wrestling. Yeah. That was part of it. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. got your cartoons and your wrestling. So I always liked the shows, even the even the shitty ones. I like I like wrestling just kind of the same way that I like sports. I'll watch anything. <laughs> I, when I'm on the elliptical, I watch the the women's uh, amateur golf open before the Masters in Augusta. I just mm-hmm. like watching different sports, different athletics. Yeah. It's interesting to see these cra- how talented human beings can get at various skills, right? Like yeah. very hard things to do, but human beings seem to find a way to be able to do that. So I think that's that's pretty neat. So okay, so the Usos, Stone Cold with Stunner. Uh, Bad stunner cell, uh, stunner cell from Vince McMahon as usual. One leg stiff as a board, goes flat <laughs> the other way. Just everyone's kind of waiting for him to come down, but he just didn't come down that. Qu- I don't. It was bad. Uh, yeah. Couple but, of uh, other some some actual like title results that are useful moving forward. Bianca beats Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Title. Charlotte retains the SmackDown Women's Title over. I didn't look because it was like, of course, Charlotte won. You know what I mean? Like, who's honestly? If yeah, she's who, a, she's a hard worker. Well, and she's like the best. She's one of the better. Uh, it's like her, Becky Lynch, and a couple other uh, females right now. Women. The women's in the- division is probably better than it's ever been, ever. But it's, it's- also kind of weak too. It's both, right? I, you know, you talk about. Flair, you're talking mm-hmm. about uh, Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Natalia, uh, Bailey, who I think has been injured for a little bit, but is coming back soon. Um, the Glow, you've got Naomi, you know, uh, Naomi. Sasha Banks. 
They're good. Yeah, well, Naomi is, really is criminally good. underrated. They have a got, really good wrestling Hart. group of people. You still got uh, Natasha Hart. Natalie. Nat- Natty. Natty. Yeah. Natalia. Is it Natalia? Um, to, it's, it's Natalia. Right? Yeah, it's um, Nat- Natalia. They call her Natty, though. Um, she's like the... She, at this she's point, like she's the like mom. the elder statesman. Yeah, she's, she's just been there forever. She's got uh, They have a good division, but I feel like at the same time... So they have a good, but they don't utilize it well. Because like, why Charlotte, Becky, and Becky Lynch, and then they've got Bianca Belair right now. But it's like Charlotte and Becca, Becky Lynch constant. It's it's just those two constantly, yeah. back and forth. Um, Oscar was great for a while, and then they just kind of like stopped. They're just like we're done with Oscar now for reasons I can't yeah, figure out. Yeah, they built her up pretty good too. Like she was she undefeated was for like the first four years. Yeah, they had, of there's like a her big WWE build career. With her. I was a fan. I thought it was cool. I thought that yeah. she's very authentic and just kind of came with this like really like yeah. unique. Well, and then look. she was in a tag it, team with Kyrie Sane for a while, which was pretty fun. She's um, cool. I liked. I, I still. I'm still a fan. I think she does good work. Yeah. Uh, we got Miz and Logan Paul. I mean, Logan Paul can sell, and Logan Paul. Yeah. Logan Paul is another one of those guys, like we were talking about. A lot of talent, a lot of skill. Uh, young, he's in his prime, doing fun shit. Shit, if I, you know, if I'd have been his age and gotten the uh, opportunity to go do some wrestling, I'd do it. I would have taken it. So hats off to him yeah. for going and doing that um, at WrestleMania of all places. It's a lot of pressure. Well, and then the other, the other goofy... People talk yeah, shit. The other, good, would you do... You know, you're going to take your shirt off? Yeah. Go out? Like, it's, that's hard. It's a hard yeah. thing to do. If, well, the and, other goofy match on the weather. card... <laughs> like, yeah. come on. <laughs> the other goofy kind of comedy match with the celebrity... Uh, Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Okay, I like uh, that too. Oh, I saw the footage, the Party Boy footage. Where, yeah. Uh, Did you see the footage where Wee Man power slammed uh, Sami Zayn? Yeah, I saw that. Oops. I I think you know what? I really like that because here's the thing: pro wrestling is not a, a, a sport to me. Right? It is a an entertainment cross between the circus and a festival. And some athleticism and just like it's good old fashioned like fun. It's just supposed to mm-hmm. be fun. So when like, yeah, let's throw some Wee Man in there. Let's bring Party Boy in here. Let's do a little daily. Let's make it get funny. Let's be weird and funny with it. Because I enjoy that kind of stuff and the prankster kind of stuff just as much as I enjoy like a really high caliber Lucha Libre match, you know, <laughs> at Cinco de Mayo on the waterfront. And I get to well, see you can do some both. I mean, real life, you know, Lucha Libre. So I like all that. And I think Johnny Knoxville, go. Legend. Party Boy, The Wild Boys, I will say this, Steve-o, though. Legend. I watched the new Jackass movie forever. Have you seen it yet? No, I have not. It is... <sighs> it's not bad. It made me laugh. Okay, thank but, you. Okay, it can't be that. Also, also... They had a guy on there that they called Poopies. Like, they didn't give him a real name. <laughs> and he's just a Was new Bam fucking... <laughs> no, Bam's not... Bam's in that movie for one frame. Really? And they tried to hide him. So, yeah, because he's not... He's like... He was fired. He's not allowed. He's not in the movie. There's a but lot like, of one, litigation with that too. Yeah. But so the thing that... The problem is when we were watching Jackass... Because we grew up with it, so I think we were like 12 or 13 when that hit MTV the first time. 
and then the movies and whatever, and the CKY and all the other shit that was going on at that time. It was funny because these guys were like 23. They're fucking 50 now. It's kind of sad. Like, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, oh, like you have to have one other skill, and they don't. They really don't. This is it. And it's so much dick. Like, honestly, and I don't like have a huge problem. There's so many dicks in this movie, dude. It's just like dick after dick after dick, and then somebody getting punched in the dick. Like, that's really the whole movie. That's it's just like Preston Lacey. It's, it's just one Preston big dick Lacey's joke. dick. Yeah. It's, it's like so, ridiculous. I mean, is almost like one big dick joke, right? Like that's what yeah. it is. Like it's 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 silly, you know, but in a so good to move way. off of that to move off of that, uh what do you want to talk? You want to talk a little football? Frank Gore retiring as a Niner, signing that one day Frankie retirement my deal. Boy. Frank like comes home, gets that, uh, gets that last day as a Niner. Uh, Jerry did it too. You know, I love when a great player who uh, so here's what I'll say about Frank Gore. He was unceremoniously cut by the Niners. He, he him doing this was a favor to the Niners, not the Niners doing him a favor because he was still productive when we let him go. Uh, to the point where he went to Indianapolis and had a couple of great years and then went to Miami and then went to the Jets and had, I think, another seven years in the league after he left the Niners. Um, Just such a such a great halfback. Well, the what's guy- crazy about him, too, is, do you know that, so here's a, so I know a lot about Frank Gore. I'm a big fan. Um, obviously, I'm a Niners fan. He was one of our, he's one of the best 49ers of all time. Did you know that all three years of college, that he was in college, uh, he was injured? So he blew out both of his knees and both of his shoulders and then never missed a game in the NFL. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. He that's dropped to the third round. Insane. The Niners picked him up in the third round of the draft because of injury problems. And then he hits the field and uh, some stats to go over uh, this Hall of Fame career um, of, of Frank Gore. Played from 2005 to 2020. So that's fucking bonkers as a running back. Uh, He has 16,000 yards on the dot. Uh, He has 81 rushing touchdowns and uh, 14 or sorry, 18 receiving touchdowns. Uh, His average career yards per carry is 4.3, which is fucking crazy. Uh, He had the injuries in Miami. He played in Miami. Uh, He was good in Miami too. I mean, he was give me good. a break. He was still good no, in I'm Miami. No, I'm talking about when he was in college. He played in college. His college was, oh, what, at the uh, U? was Miami. He played at the U? He, went to, he was the running back at the U. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's, I always those, liked that. That's right. I always liked that he was like yeah. from the U, dude. That, yeah. Um, uh, he's got a... So... What, what year? What year was he there? He was there from 2002 to 2004. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he, but again, he was injured the whole time. So he only played five games in 2003. Uh, still had 468 yards. 
<laughs> in five college games with an average of 5.3. His rook in he's 2001. Got all, he's got some all-time records, though, right? Like yards, like total yards. Is he, he up there? Doesn't like, have total yards. He's the third. He's third. So when it comes to rushing, he's third. Third uh, behind, behind only Emmett Smith and Walter Payton, but ahead of Barry Sanders. Right. Um, well, well you got to leave Barry out of this because if Barry would have kept playing, he would have smashed every record. He would have beat Walter. Who knows? Payton. I mean, the thing though is like that's all. I'm I'm just giving you context but, of but where for, Frank Gore. Emmett Smith is one of my favorite halfbacks of all time. In fact, <laughs> on this back door back here, yeah. okay, I ordered. It's not Emmett Smith, but from that mm-hmm. era of the Cowboys, I ordered the Deion Sanders with the ball yeah. like he's praying. He's got the ball up here. It almost looks mm-hmm. like the like he's Jesus in a Dallas Cowboys uh, uniform. <laughs> you know, I got yeah, him. I, I got that, that coming, and I got a, a Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, young swinging like the swing. Nice. And that's going back there too. So that's it's going to be the championship strap misfits. Obviously, war machines up there. Uh, you know, Guy Fox mask. Yeah. And then we're going to have the ode. But what I want but to tie that all in, anyways, all the shit that's coming. Emmett Smith's one of my. Oh. If you're up there in Emmett Smith combo, Emmett yeah. Smith was one of the most post Walter Payton greatest running backs of all time. I mean, and and, and pre Walter Payton. Well, he's ahead of Walter Payton. Emmett Smith is the has the most uh, rushing yards of any running back ever. Uh, but so NFL records that Frank Gore currently holds that I will be shocked if they ever get broken. Um, most seasons with 1,200 yards from scrimmage with 12. Most consecutive seasons with at least 500 at 16. He played for 16 years. Uh, most consecutive seasons with at least 600 yards, 14. Most consecutive seasons with at least 700 rushing yards, 13 tied with Emmett. So him and Emmett are the only two people to do that. Uh, and most career games by an NFL running back at 241. Uh, he's the all-time 49ers rushing leader. Um, he has the most rushing yards in a game by a running back uh, for 49ers franchise at 212. Most 100-yard games in a season at nine. Uh, most rushing yards in a three-game span. If they, these are kind of goofy, like extra ones. but And then most scrimmage yards in a season, 2,180. He had 2,180 scrimmage yards in one season uh, in 2006. To put that in context, uh, like guys, if guys get even close to 1,000, they get praised. Right. We're talking well, the, the, double, well, double down on that. Well, it's, so it's it's scrimmage yards, so it's both rushing and receiving, Still which well. is crazy. But what I what I would say about that is that that just proves that they Frank Gore was their offense for years. Yeah. Like they they didn't have anybody else on that team. Alex Smith was god awful at the early and well, not let's really not be his so fault. hard on Alex Smith. Alex oh, Smith wasn't his fault, dude. It that was, dude it, almost lost his leg playing football. Do you see his leg now? It is yeah, freaking, and he, he, almost, he won a playoff game on it. I can't believe that. That yeah, dude, I, I that dude. I love Alex. He's Smith. one of the toughest freaking dudes ever. And then yeah, and had was successful in K, uh, Kansas City too. Prior to you know uh, Mahomes coming in, and, and there's only so many. Like we said, Mahomes is one of those phenomena guys, right? Mm-hmm. He he can run and pass accurately deeply without you know yeah. like that's in, that's insane. That people can yeah. do that. 
But Alex Smith just talk about girth and, and determination. Grit. Yeah. Grit. Yeah, grit, girt, dirt, like God, just you, you know. Well, and everyone's like, he's a middle manager. Well, he's the a middle manager in the office of, of guys yeah. like Ray Lewis. You know, mm-hmm. guy Ed Reed. You know what yeah, I mean? He was, he was exact. And so the thing was, is when Young he had a, a competent coach, when yeah. he had a competent coach and a competent offensive line and a competent defense. Uh, I mean, a hall like some of the best defenses of all time. They made it to the NFC Championship and a Super Bowl. So, I mean, he wasn't on that team. He was on that team, I think, but he wasn't starting for the Ravens Super Bowl. But, and then he was really good in Kansas City. Uh, But, you know, I don't want to detract. Uh, Essentially what I meant by Alex Alex Smith as a player on the Niners was was young and they were bad. And Frank kind of came in, and he was beloved by the franchise. When we had to let him go, uh, I was really upset. I wanted to, but I also was like, you know, he's a fucking running back. He's almost, thir- I think he's 31, and, you know, it's it's time to move on. He's only got a couple good, mo- a couple more good years left in him. Turns out he had, like, seven. Uh so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy to see him retire with that red and gold, and uh, I I won't hear an anti Hall of Fame argument for him. There isn't one. I don't think. First ballot at that. First, I honestly think so. I, I think 16 he's the first years. ballot guy because you you don't get again into the mentions of names of Emmett Smith or Walter Payton. You're at the top of the mountain of Mount Everest. Yeah, there mm-hmm. is nothing higher than being in that group of the top three. So it doesn't matter. He is one of, is one of four running backs in NFL history with 15,000 career rushing it's, yards. It's not a question. He will get in. And I loved watching Frank Gore play football. My hat tips to Frank Gore because you never knew back in the day what you were really going to get with the Niners. You knew the quarterback mm-hmm. was probably not going to be that great. They're cursed from having <laughs> the, the pre-greatest quarterback to Tom Brady, but well, we had two back to back. Then there was always, and then, then it got real flashy with Steve Young and Deion Sanders. And that was like tight as shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then after that, you have like T.O. debacle and stuff like just grinding. And it's not like fitting uh, naturally and it's just not working. And then you had Frank Gore, old, Mm -hmm. reliable, every time it didn't matter who they were playing, where it was, Frank Gore is going to drop his shoulder pad and get mm-hmm. through somewhere and just it was like he he was he was like he had that beast mode style of running like low compact and a heavy hitter and yeah you could yep. get him he would get got sometimes as Marshawn Lynch would say you know mm-hmm. but he also got his every how game. crazy is it though that they and were both years. in the same division how crazy is that I mean, the, they were playing in the same division. Un- two, I, arguably, the two best running backs we in the NFL. We are blessed as people, fans, to to see this type of running, and with Frank Gore for as long as we got to see it. Because I don't care mm-hmm. if it's a Miami helmet. I don't care if it's a freaking Niners helmet. Alt helmet. I don't care. I'm just to see Frank Gore run was just mm-hmm. great, and just to see him out there, you know, and no matter what, but to see Frank Gore retire. As a Niner, that makes sense, and I'm really, really happy yes. for that. And I well, will be really I, happy. We were to talking call about it. it when he gets in the first ballot. So I'm calling that now that he yeah. gets in there. Yeah. 
I think it'll be really interesting too, uh, or not inter. I mean, I think it's really fun when that happens. When somebody comes back and they sign that one day deal with the team that drafted them that they I played for it. for a long time, and they get that, you know, they get to go in. They get to, to retire with that team. Um, and the Niners don't have a bunch of people that have done that. I think it was, it, as far as I remember in my lifetime, it's basically been Frank and Jerry. And I can't think of two better people. So <laughs> two greater for, two greater 49ers and two greater football players. And I, don't, um, I can't put any blame because, you know, franchises, you know, they, they do things off the numbers, man. They have nothing. It's it's age, numbers, 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 numbers. And that whether no matter how good or bad you are, or, you know, legendary you are in this case, numbers are what they are in business. You know, that's all every athlete says. You know, uh, I know this is a business. I get it's a business. It's a business. It's a business. Mm-hmm. And Frank Orr knew that. But at the same time, when you get to a level where you do, you still go show out. Right, you're Deion Sanders, and you're still playing in Baltimore. You're mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, and you're you know not only on the Raiders, but Seahawks. But but you but you get the Raiders to a Super Bowl, right? Like yeah. that that kind of that kind of level of play. Uh, yeah. But you probably legitimately the numbers say you got like four or five left. You know, you got a couple mm-hmm. left. Like it's just numbers, it's nothing personal. But then when all these players know where their home was they know where they mm-hmm. they know where they cut their it's it'd be like if Lillard left the Blazers no matter where he went he won a chip da 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 whatever people would boom for a little bit but a couple years later he would come back and retire cuz he cut his teeth with the Blazers franchise you know guys do yep. that you know there there is a certain level of this is a business and then there's a certain level of you know this is personal for me and i like you know i have to make my money and take care of myself too Etc. You know, so good for Frank. Can't wait to see him in Canton. Yep. Last little bit of NFL news uh, that I had that's probably worth talking about is the Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling ing of Dan Snyder. Yeah. Uh, they are the NFL wants him out, and uh, and I couldn't think of a better person. <laughs> Honestly, that guy has run that. First of all, run that storied franchise into the fucking ground, uh, and also is just kind of a dick. And I'm kind of good, like so good riddance. We'll see you. Uh, but it looks like a bunch of uh, fraud shit. I Means you know, I'm sure you can find that almost anywhere in NFL if you were looking hard enough. You but know, yeah, here's the thing, though. That guy is an exceptional piece of work. <laughs> yeah. Because a couple reasons. One, we're talking about cheerleaders, cameras, films in locker rooms. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about, so we're kind of talking about some weird pervy, I'm a billionaire, I do whatever I want, it's my building. Tell him mm-hmm. to get naked. Yeah, put these cameras. Emails, right? Then, you mm-hmm. know, thinks that, because usually, if you can push enough of the poop downhill... Mm-hmm. It's not going to roll on you. So John Gruden, and not that any other owners or management is always off the hook in this conversation, because I know they all write mm-hmm. something that they probably wish they could get back, gets involved in it. Career's over, lawsuits with the NFL. He's called a racist. Some players come out and defend him. Others say, eh, you know, I'd just rather talk about something else. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Not my, not my business. But kind of, you know, he's gone. He's gone for good. He's not coming back. Good luck. You're not getting on ESPN. Disney, mm-hmm. you're not getting the broadcast chair back. 
It's over. You're done. Whatever you got, your assets, your investment. And I'm sure he's fine. Multi-million, million, million, million dollar, you know, that he's got in the bank for sure. Mm -hmm. But but you kind of knew that, you know, maybe the shit didn't start there. Maybe it came from a little bit higher. This Dan Snyder guy's been being talked about. It's, you know, owners are not invincible. We saw it with the Los Angeles Clippers, right? right. Uh, you, no certainly. matter how much money, power, influence you have, if you act and behave a certain way, it will come back to you. It's called karma. It will bite you in the ass. You need to be accountable for your actions and what you do. You will still be a billionaire, but you need to go back to corporate America. Not because mm-hmm. there's only so many guys to get these teams. It's the dream job there's for anybody. 32. You need, that I can fly private jets and talk about what kind of uniform colors we're going to wear next year and fly to Tennessee to watch a prospect. And do it's a dream job that these guys mm-hmm. have NFL owners is how many, how many NFL teams is there? How many of those guys? 32, are 32 men in the globe that get, that's their lifestyle. They get to mm-hmm. live the, and breathe the NFL and draft and recruit and, and talk to musicians and come up with cool crap. And you know, like they have a great and they make they make hand over fist money. It just does not stop coming, right? Yeah. So when these guys get in trouble, I don't care. I know they're all up to no good for sure because you know nothing is incorruptible. Right. Uh, I think that there's probably more of a moral compass down in the locker room with the coaches. And, you know, Pete Carroll actually had, had addressed this recently. You know what I mean with the owners and the inability to move. And I have two different kind of thought processes on this. One, if you're a scumbag and you do, you conduct yourself like that, you should be voted out immediately. Immediately. There's, uh, there's no room for that. There's no room to... Offer excuses for that kind of behavior, especially when it comes to women. Because when we're talking about women, uh, you know, uh, I have three daughters. You know, it's it's touchy subject, man. And when it comes to cameras and women and uh, uh, emails and this kind of thing, you know, in regards to that, you know, I, I lose a certain level of respect for that. I, I think that keep your business to yourself. I don't care what, what, what you do in your in the bedroom, personally, whatever kinks you got, fetishes you got, I really don't care. But when it comes to other people and camera and exposure, I mean, that's just kind of a weird control thing. And uh, and then to know that you're running that all downhill and you're getting people fired and you're just kind of burning all the bridges along as you go and you don't care just shows kind of that you, that your moral compass is off and you don't deserve to be in the coveted position of, of ownership, right? Because money and yeah. power and influence and all that you know, there's only so many of those jobs, and there's a lot of billionaires out there that would love to step up that are probably better people than that to take that job. You know, they're Absolutely. talking about African-American ownership. Maybe this is an opportunity to have our first African-American owner of a football team and, and maybe revitalize a franchise, a historical franchise, the Thanksgiving game, right, mm-hmm. to bring it into its prominence because the Redskins were... Back in the day before we were born, Super Bowl contenders. People actually cared to watch the now Washington Commanders, right? Mm-hmm. They, people actually cared to watch that. Now they don't because it's just, it's it's so foul, the stench that's coming out of that franchise, whether it's the team name and the negotiations to change it and the pressure to change it or the, or the sexual stuff and the cameras and the emails and the, you know, 
there's just too much. It's time to let it go. Let somebody else, yeah. let a better human being come in. Let somebody else come yeah. in. Let's get a fresh start. Which I think will happen. Uh, I think that's coming. So yeah, I thought it was interesting to touch on, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it because we could talk about we could we could get into some pretty uh, heated conversations off the back of let's get the billionaire out of the out of his seat. Um, it's a common sense thing, really. It's just common right. sense. It, Common sense just moves slower if you have billions of dollars, apparently. Because if it was yeah. you, if you worked at Burgerville and you took a camera Ow. in the woman's bathroom and you went in there and said, this is my Burgerville, I can do whatever I want, and then emailed your friends about the camera and then got caught, what's happening to you? I'm getting you're, thrown the fuck you're out. Off the freaking, uh, you're off the line, man. No more grilling for you. You're out of here. Mm-hmm. But if you got billions of dollars, you can slow that removal. <laughs> Right, because mm-hmm. you probably got some dirt on some other people, or you can make it more difficult to exit. Because who in their right mind wants to exit an ownership position, especially that one? No, no one. I mean, that's the deal. That's like, the best seat in the it. house. It's the yeah. best seat in the house. You are the final. That's it. It's you. Yeah. Right. What yeah. else yeah. Have we got? Uh, well, uh, we've got a couple of stories that are going to make us feel incredibly old. Uh, we'll start with um, Kingdom Hearts in its twenty-year, uh, twenty-year like announcement. They were talking about um, a couple things. They they talked about a new, a couple new mobile games that actually are kind of fun, but they're mobile games. Um, but they they announced Kingdom Hearts four. Uh, they didn't announce a release date, which I'm fine with. Uh, they didn't even give us a release year. <laughs> they just were like, wow. it's happening. So it could be uh, in development we, still. It's just... It probably still is. Um, and I'm fine. Look, here's my thing uh, with gaming in general. Um, I don't want a release date until it's done. I want the game done, finished, and then you give me a release date. Even if that release date is tomorrow. Because honestly, like, are you going to lose sales of any game that's like a AAA title made by Square Enix or made by EA or any of these big developers? Are you going to lose sales if you're like, hey, guess what? That game that you like, there's a sequel. It's out. Like, I get Death Stranding or or games that don't have sequel, that aren't sequels or aren't part of a, a larger franchise, right? Yeah. Like, you want to have kind of go ahead to like look at trailers and find out like I want to play this. When it comes to Kingdom Hearts, you've got your sales already. You could release that to they could release Kingdom Hearts 4 tomorrow. Never tell us when it was going to be released until that day and they'd sell a million copies like that. I mean, it's not you you have a built-in uh you have a built-in fan base already. And so it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, also, I don't like... Because then you don't have pushbacks. That's my big thing. I don't want pushbacks. I don't want you to say mm-hmm. it's going to come out in March. And then it comes back. And then, oh, but but we can't hit the March date. And all that does is puts your staff, like the developers, in a bad situation where people are mad at them because they're not finishing the game fast enough. Right? Yeah. Because now it's delayed. When in reality, you could have just been like, ah, it's not done. It'll be done when it's done. And you'll get it when it's done. <laughs> Which is yeah, what I, I would much rather have. I think there's a couple different elements going on there. You know, you have marketing, of course. I mean, you have to. Yeah, you have the marketing department that can't that can't fire anything up until there's a sellable product. 
Mm-hmm. Then you have the development, and they're like, you know, we want to take our time. We have A, B, C, D, E, F, G that we have to do. We can't do all of it right now, you know, but they have deadlines. They have, you know, we need to have ABC done. Not everything has the luxury of having the Final Fantasy stamp on it where we can take eight years to do a game and you'll deal with right. it. Just deal with it. And here's another one until you get it. But, and it might, and how about this? It might never come. How about that? Right. That's how Final Fantasy VII was. It might never come. We don't, it was good, right? It was a classic. You had it. You have it. Maybe in the wind. In the future, there might be another one. Right, and but that's you know, kind of you don't know. But they announced Final Fantasy VII remake eight years ago or nine years ago now. So, how was I mean, the how really, was the uh, ex, like? I haven't beat it yet. It's it's my on my backlog to beat remake. Um, yeah, the remake. Um, I just got out of Sector Seven, getting leveled. That's where I'm at right now. So I literally am just hit the ground after that. So that was pretty major. And I've had to, I had to take a break. I had to take a breather because I'm like that's heavy stuff in the story. I'm like we just lost Biggs, we just lost Jesse. The tower's down. Some weird shit happened with the Turks. I had them about to kill them, and then they got out still and still dropped the plate on me. After the go, and then the ghosts subway before that. He- that's heavy, dude. That's like creepy, heavy storyline stuff. And then before that, I'm already, you know, Don Corneos. So I'm already stressed out because I just spent all this time in the fight dungeon and sex trafficking ring of Don Corneo. So <laughs> I'm like, I had to take a time out, dude. I'm like, this is a time out. This is so heavy. I have a question for you. How did you feel about uh, how they handled. Um, cross-dressing cloud. How oh, they handled cloud? What? Cross-dressing cloud. Cla- cross-dressing cloud. I thought that they handled it in a pretty good way because they really made it more of a button combination thing. Like, I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. You know, because I he's fucking so, loved it. He's so uncomfortable. You have to walk around in the dress for a little while through town with people saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, what's up, baby? Oh yeah." So it. I thought that, and that is actually a part that I really enjoyed of Final Fantasy VII, the original, because it was so mature, right? And I was an adolescent when I was mm-hmm. playing this game, so it introduced some matured concepts to me uh, involving that stuff, and to actually see it in the in the graphics and the display and the glory that they have now, and they did it justice because yeah. there was a lot going on there with it, a lot of buildup to get in the dress, like there was right. like quite a bit. And then, did you get the, the? Did you spend top dollar to get the hand massage? So I'll tell you this. I, <laughs> so, I, 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 so I have the platinum trophy twice in that game. Okay. I be I got the PS4 platinum and then I got the PS5 platinum. It's, okay. I believe it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. I, you know how much I love Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Final Fantasy I've never VIII, heard you say that about any game, actually. Um, I. There, I mean, there are problems with it, but they're not big enough for me to care. Yeah. And the thing that I love about it is that I was so I was worried when that when Seven Remake hit. I was like, I mean, it's they're going to change everything. The fight system's going to be terrible. They're going to make off 15. it. We were just coming off fifteen, which was right. totally different than that. It was completely different. Right. And so I was like worried, 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 whatever, whatever. And then I got my hands on it and I got Cloud. And the voice actor of Cloud uh was so good, I really thought. And then Barrett's voice actor was super good. 
and then Tifa was incredible and like I'm so I'm like Bill I'm like oh my god they didn't change anything and the only things they did were add things they didn't retract anything Better they just things. they just everything and everything they added felt like it meant it was supposed to be there they and nothing felt weird or out of place or too much or like the scene went on for too long like the the perfect example I have is the Jesse on the plate scenes when you go yes. up above with Jesse None of that's in the original. None of it. No. But it feels like it was meant to be there. And then that makes that that death scene that you just dealt with from the plate with Jesse so much harder. Because you, you now have built this relationship with these three NPCs. You built this like relationship with these three NPCs yeah. that in the original game, like they were there and they were like funny, but they didn't do anything. They didn't matter. Right. Like, you've played now. You've played a forty-hour game with these two or these three people. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but the end of Seven Remake is weird. It doesn't quite fit. It's the one thing I'm not a huge fan of, like when it comes to the very last like part of it. And then the yeah. end end is like great. But um I I love all of it. And I, I think I can't believe they did such a good job with it. I love no, being... I love the entire thing too. It, it's yeah. It's part of me. And here's the funny thing. I've been dragging my feet on it. I did the opposite of you. Like, you went in, you bulldozed it, and then you, like, double bulldozed it. Capped mm-hmm. it all off and just got everything you could possibly get out of it. I have been, like, patiently Three years later. at it. Years nibbling yeah. at it. Like, I got it, and I played to a certain point. I had to delete a hard drive. had to start all over again, but was fine with that because I like the story. I, don't, I could play it a million mm-hmm. times. I don't care. I will do it over and over again, and I'll just pick a different dress. Right, the next time for Tifa. Well, yeah. So that so you know, that's so. the thing we were. So to go back to the hand massage thing, which is what you were talking about <laughs> earlier, I did all three. Okay, I've done all three. Okay, because uh, I got you. So in order to get each different dress for Cloud, you have to do a different one of those. Okay, and then in order to get a different dress for each one of Aerith, you have to do a certain amount of side quests in uh, Sector Five with her, uh, and then in. You had to, so you remember that first time with your all the side quests you do with Tifa at the beginning? Yeah. The amount of those side quests you do is, or you get to choose a different one each time. So whatever you choose when you're, she's like, what sh- we should match. What should my dress look like when we go out? Whichever one you pick, that's what ends up being the dress she is in okay. the later part. So each one of those. See, and that's so, the thing is, I love that stuff. I love that that's even in there. I heard even the flower arrangements you pick dictate. They change. So the the flower, the what flowers you pick, it's either a, a cactar, a chocobo, or a moogle, depending on what you pick. Yeah. The amount of different things you pick. And I didn't know cactar until my PS5 playthrough, which was my fourth playthrough of the game. Damn. I had only ever gotten the Chocobo and the the Moogle. Wow. And then even the funny things like Whack-A-Box. I played Whack-A-Box, like, a lot of Whack-A-Box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was a lot of fun. more than I should have, you know, because I was just like, oh, I'm not going to just play this until I'm done playing Whack-A-Box and get it, get it right, yeah. you know? Get so the that's the story. thing about... That's what makes... So Final Fantasy VII Remake gives me hope for Final Fantasy XVI. Yes. I didn't... I, I had lost kind of... Sorry, I had lost kind of hope in the franchise 
after kind of after 13 and then 15 were kind of eh. and i'm not a huge fan of the mmo like that's not my genre of yeah. games i don't like mmos so i kind of like fell off a little bit i mean i will always love those original you know one through ten and then yeah Twelve uh, is fine. Well, what but. about the what about the uh, the whole reason that you ended up getting the PS5 to begin with? The Yuffie expansion. The Yuffie expansion is so fun. Is it? Fun none of it is. It, none of it is is from the original Final Fantasy VII. It's That's all okay. new story. That's good. It's all brand new story. That's why it's so fun. You could do that and with like, any, any of the characters. You could do that with any yeah. Of the DLC so the you. Yuffie the Yuffie thing and also her fight style was really fun. The, nice. the the way you fought with her was super fun because she had that shurik you know she has that big giant like pinwheel that yeah. she uses you can get a little bit um, of distance but still have speed you can like throw it and then like teleport to it it's oh, super nice. fun yeah it's like a super fun yeah that that was I love that that's the reason I got a PS5 was that and then um it was I remember uh, you were pissed you yeah. were like I can't get this freaking expansion pack until I get the uh until I buy a PS5 yeah. so I'm getting that Stephanie's found me a PS5 now. <laughs> it was that and Spider-Man Miles Morales, and which Spider-Man, was super fun yeah. too. Yeah. So anyway, to put a cap on uh, Kingdom Hearts, we're gonna get that when we get it. Uh, the graphics of it look great, though. They they showed Sora, um, uh, and it looks real. Like they went away from kind of the Disney cartoony oh, really? looking. Yeah, which I don't know if I love. I don't know. We might get two different areas, like if we end up, because that's kind of the thing about that game is we're moving out of. So the Kingdom Hearts three ended the original, what they call the Xehanort saga, which was the original from one to now, right? Yeah. All of that was one story. All nine nine games plus your fucking mobile games and whatever else Tetsuya Nomura made. All build into this one story that Kingdom Hearts three ended, and then they started a new one. And so, with four, we're getting the new arc. Um, and I don't know how much Disney is going to be a part of it. Realistically, I know that they had a lot of trouble with Disney, um, hmm. kind of giving them notes on what they could and couldn't do with the Disney worlds in Kingdom Hearts three. Like they weren't allowed to deviate from the story of Frozen at all. So you had the frozen world of Kingdom Hearts 3 was literally just like a truncated, shortened version of the movie Frozen, rather than it being like its own kind of story, which was the cool part about like Toy Story and the original Kingdom Hearts games was like, oh, it's just like Tarzan's here. Did you remember like, Toy Story up. for uh, like NES, SNES? Mm-hmm. That was, that was such fun. a good game. Yeah. Oh God, that was a good game. Put that on the list. We're gonna we're gonna go through some of these. So if you guys didn't know too, we're going to do some figure out a game. We're trying to, to collaborate and figure out if you got any suggestions, feel free to drop them in the chat or feel free to uh, message us on social media or whatever. But we want to play some games together, and you know we've been kind of getting through this technical hardware issue part of everything, and you know getting getting uh our layouts on our Twitch and making sure that you can hear us and we can hear you and we can play games with, but Toy Story, I don't even know if that's two player, but I would watch someone play Toy Story. I would love to see I that. I bet you there's a speed run of it. Like there if you look on be. YouTube, there's like a, a speed run where they beat the game in like 12 minutes. <laughs> that's the crazy thing about gaming now. Um, 
So yeah, that's the the one twenty year anniversary that will make both of us feel old because uh, we were. I was in middle school when Kingdom Hearts One came out. You would have been what freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, and then the other one is uh one of our favorite rappers. They're. EP collection Lucy Ford EP turned 20 years old last year and they are releasing a 20 year vinyl of the Lucy Ford oh, EP. Oh, are they? They're releasing a 20. See, I gotta get that. Uh, Atmosphere is so. one of my favorite bands. Slug and Ant are two of my favorite. You know, just I love the story of two guys that uh, just loved uh, hip hop and really cut their teeth in the underground market uh, for for in a time that was pre-internet, like they were doing it mm-hmm. before before internet, it really was all word of mouth, which is kind of insane that we got word, yeah. word of mouth from independent artists from guys like that, Sage Francis, Aesop, uh, Ace, uh, Aesop Rock, and, and uh, Brother Lynch and Bro- Brother well, Ali. Sure, any independent artist from that era, Living Legends, Murs, Grouch, Eli. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, though, owe that to Slug and Ant. Like, Atmosphere yes. really blazed a trail of the, Midwest... First of all, Midwest rap that wasn't, like, Eminem. Um, yes. Non, and, non-corporate, and, non-label rap. They had their own label, and they still do. Rhyme yeah. Sayers is still... And then to watch that guy take his art form, uh, uh, and then I've seen, I've seen him do college lectures... You know what I mean mm-hmm. on like on what he did and who he is and how he did it and where he from's like the story of something that probably you should not be able to make a living doing he was able to do and my I love stories like that. Yeah. I love stories guys I'm a big like, fan of him. You've met him, I've met him, Slug. Uh well, we said hello to him. We said hello, but in passing. In passing, but well, didn't you yeah. you went and got uh, stuff signed. I went and got an autograph. I went and got us both uh, autographed. Uh, what is it? Which one is it? The I have it. It's sitting right up, right up here. I don't, know if I don't remember it. which album it is. Up at the top there. There's a little album sitting. Yeah. There. The is that the family sign? I can't remember which album it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We got the so, baby bottles. They're all cheering yep. with them. Well, one of them's cheering with the baby to bottle. All the other friends. three. Is that to all my friends? That's the album. Um. And yeah, so like, you know, it was one of those things where like, I remember that was actually kind of a funny day because we showed up, we got two signed, we got yours and mine uh, because you weren't going to be in town yet, but we went and did it. Uh, And there was a bunch of people in front of me and they were like getting pictures and doing all this shit. And then I get up to him and and he's like, hey man, you want a picture? I'm like, look, I don't want to take up too much time. Like, I already got your shit signed. Can I get a handshake? And like, that was all I did because like... He had a big line of people. He was obvious. I think Ant was like not feeling well. Like he did not look okay. I remember that. They might have just been hungover or whatever. It was like nine thirty in the morning you the know, day of their show. There's there's something to be said for that type of behavior though, because that's the same thing. Like when I saw Ric Flair in the airport. There's something mm-hmm. to just say. I'm a fan of your work. I met you. I don't need. I don't need the picture. I'm not trying to get clout off of a picture off Instagram or or post it on my page. I, all I want to do is just say hi. Yeah. And thanks. And that's yeah. it. And then I just want to move it along, you know? And I think yeah. they do appreciate that. 
to an extent. At the same time, if you spend money on it, just like Comic Con or anything, give me the damn picture. If I spend some money, right. just give it to me. Like, but if I yeah. if I see you in passing, like when I met Slug, when he we <clears throat> had ended up coming out of the venue first, we were at the door. Mm-hmm. Just so happened to be the first ones out the venue. He goes out the back, and then I then we met him right there for like ten seconds yeah. while he's trying to escape the crowd and all the people yeah. that wanted to meet him and say hello. So he he couldn't quite get. We were the first ones he couldn't get past. Yeah, before he got on the bus, which but, was cool. You know, it's one of those things where and and I think like the fact that you just kind of turned around and were like, "Hey, slug, thanks, man. I'm a huge fan of your shit." Like, and that was it. Yeah, um, and something you'll like, remember always. He'll probably he probably doesn't remember that because it's probably happened to him a thousand times. But you'll always remember that. But and, and what, what he'll remember is I do have some fans when he talks about his fans. He's like that when they talk about their good fans and the one like that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. People that yeah. just they like my stuff, they support me, and so locally that ties in because they're coming to Bend. Yep. And coming to my home town. That's gonna be rad because Bend is a fun place to catch a show. It's a really fun place. And we saw them. So that's another thing is, so I think everybody knows we're all post Panini Panorama, whatever the fuck you want to call this two year fucking science project we've been a part of. Um, And I went, so two shows, I think, can't remember which one was first, but I think Atmosphere was the first show I went to like, quotes post pandemic. Uh huh. It was either that or Bayside, Hawthorne Heights, and uh, uh, who was the other band? Taking Back Sunday? No. Oh God. No. Taking Back Sunday was the. Taking Back Sunday was the day of my wedding. No, it was Bayside, Hawthorne Heights. Senses fail. And senses fail. Yeah, that's what it was. No, no I don't think senses fail. Yeah, it was. Senses fail was there. I remember because I was getting married later that month, and I told yeah. the, I told the, um, the merch guy that I had found a string quartet version of "Bite to Break Skin" because that's me and Steph's, me and uh, yeah. my wife's song. Um, we were listening to Senses the- Fail heavy when you and uh, first got together. We were listening. I listened, I listened to Senses Fail heavy for like years straight. Like, dude, just- they're on tour again. By the way, coming to Bend with the Used and Rise Against. I saw that ticket. That's a great dude. Can you imagine? Back in the day, think about that. Back in the day, like when we were living in Redmond or whatever, like if Mm -hmm. that show would have been coming in close proximity, like those are three bands that we were on heavy rotation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heavy rotation. So, yeah, and those are all 20 year bands, by the way. Those are all 20 year. uh, The Bayside show we went to was 21 years of Blame It on Bad Luck, which was also like 22 years of Census Fails, Let It Unfold You. And. Yeah, so Great just, you know, we're here, you know, we're out here trying to make people who uh, are in our general age range that like the same things that we like. Uh, we like to make you feel old uh, at the end of a podcast by telling you that <laughs> Kingdom Hearts that came out in 2002 is 20 years old. Uh, and uh, yeah, so um, you got anything else? I don't know. I, I got, uh, I think I got through all my. My goofy crap, and we're about know, an man. hour I, and a I half. Think I'm, I think I'm good where we're sitting, and, you know, <laughs> this, everybody, this was an experimental episode. We were we were trying to get 
input, audio input, video input, stream it, get everything going in, in synchronous formation and flow for this. So if this works and I'm able to pull everything off and this did good, uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll be back. You know, now we're post-WrestleMania. We're going to see what happens with everybody Cody Rhodes. We just hit, got into the playoffs, so we're going to be talking next episode heavy on the NBA playoffs because that's where we're at. And, yeah, thanks, everybody, for watching this uh, this pioneer-esque style of episode that we're going to drop for you. So uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for watching. Thank you to my host, Tay Guevara, for all the uh, amazing footnotes and topics. Much appreciated. And we'll hey, yeah. see you hey, on the 17th. Sounds good. Hey, yo.